Rod! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot Route! I don't. What is Hot Route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. Lexus Post Game Podcast, uh, two thirds of the show live from Provo, Utah. Uh, still at the uh, stadium where the Sooners win it, thirty-one twenty-four. Uh, and uh, outside of the game, everything else, the focus, guys. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, who does not come back out of the halftime locker room, uh, appears to have suffered a concussion. Even though Brent Venables wouldn't term it as that, and now the wait is on to see what happens when the Sooners take on TCU. Yeah, Gary. Um... Pretty crazy. I, you know, it was funny. The, I guess not funny, but I didn't think much of it when he went down there um, towards the goal line. It was the, I think it was second and goal uh, at the five, and he tried to, you know, run outside and his head kind of snapped back Slugged and hit down. the ground. Yeah. yeah and, uh, you know, at halftime, I really didn't think of it. And then I kind of, I got a text from someone like, Hey, uh, you might see if Dylan Gabriel comes out for the second half. And sure enough, you know, a couple minutes later, I watch and it's just Jackson Arnold and, and Davis Bevel, and he wasn't out there. And then I, you know, I turned on the radio in the press box, and Plank came on there and said that uh, it was going to be Jackson Arnold the rest of the way. And um, I was like, they're going to lose this game. I, I, I know Eddie and I kind of had the same thought. Like, I, look, I believe in Jackson Arnold, but to there be were put many in- moments throughout the second half, it was like they're playing with some serious fire. Well, and it's like. You believe in Jackson, but to put him in that spot in that moment, tie game. I mean, the crowd was electric. It was raining. Uh, you know, BYU was feeling confident. I, I think it was a really tough spot to put him in. And you know, look, Ovens didn't move the ball till late in the game. The defense came up with some of the probably the game winning plays. But uh, you know, the big third down and eight to, to complete to Farouk, check into that play. That took some balls of steel from a you know a nineteen year old kid that's barely played. You could tell after the game that that was something that Jeff Levy just he was on cloud nine yeah. about the way that Jackson Arnold handled everything going into uh, kind of the position that they were. And then you go back to the Billy Bowman pick six, third pick six in school history uh, that goes for a hundred yards, joining Julian Wilson and Al Needs in nineteen forty five. I mean, it was. I, I don't think it's crazy, Carrie, to say that the Billy Bowman pick six might have saved Oklahoma season just in terms of everything that was on the line in that moment to go down if that's where it, I mean it's a 14 point swing if BYU takes a seven point lead there in the second half I really don't I I assume that they're able to maybe claw out a touchdown tie it up and who knows what happens but man that the crowd would have been completely back into the game and for him to come up in the moment that he did uh, it really, I, I kind of view it as that saved Oklahoma season, just as far as the next, you know, week and a half or whatever is left. There's a there's a couple of you know quick hitters I take out of this, just just big picture wise. Uh, first, 
this is an Oklahoma program that is not mentally capable of going on the road and dominating anyone, no matter who they play. Uh, you look at it now, a full season of, of home games and road games. Uh, outside of that neutral game at Texas where you know you had half your crowd, you had a lot of emotion in that building, uh, some on your side, some not, this team just has not played well on the road. I mean, that, it kind of explains the loss to Kansas now. It explains, uh, you know, not playing up to their potential at OSU. Uh, and certainly today, this was a BYU team that just got throttled a week ago by Iowa State. Uh, it, it's just a tale of two different teams. And I'll say this, it's not. I'm not saying that totally from a negative perspective because this was a team last year that had an even worse problem of playing away from home. Uh, had no no shot. I mean, they lost so many close games on the road. Uh, even at home, they were losing close games. So there has been progress. I, I don't want to discount that. It's not going to be uh, you know a, a college football playoff team like everyone you know was hoping after the Texas game. Uh, but let's face it, the Big Twelve overall a pretty average league without without a superpower in it right now uh, and I'll include Texas I don't think that they're a superpower at all especially uh, without you know their top running back uh, and you know a quarterback that's been in and out all year and, and and it hasn't been you know a first round draft pick like people predicted at the beginning of the season so I think we've learned a lot about this team uh, and the main thing that I've learned is they're just not there yet yeah they're not there yet but they also have the capability to beat anybody in this league kind of like what you're saying carrie is like there's you know four or five teams probably four teams right now that could win the conference in texas oklahoma kansas state and oklahoma state and i don't even know if i put oklahoma state in that category right now because they they're so inconsistent as well but at the end of the day oh you can't screw around with these teams but i'm also like BYU played their ass off today. Like they clearly, you know, felt like they had a chance to win the game today and they're, they're playing for their season, right? They're trying to get to a bowl game and I thought they played really well. I think the field, I, I don't want to make up excuses, but the field was clearly an issue for some of the players today. Like defensive guys were slipping. I think that was part of the reason they weren't able to fill some of the gaps that they did today. Danny Stutzman food poisoning, I don't know how big of an effect that had. That was him. on his deathbed, basically. Had IVs yeah. going in the literally the minutes leading up to the game, it, he for what he had to battle through and to come up with the uh, strip sack there in the fourth quarter, unbelievable day. And the quarterback, you know, he was playing the game of his life until the fourth quarter. Like he was just playing out of his mind, making some great plays, making really good reads. Um, and then he throws, you know, the, the massive pick six and then the, the strip sack that those two things can't happen for him. But I, I don't know. I look at this and say this team won. And we've said this a million times this year. This team doesn't win this game a year ago. I don't think this team wins this game a few weeks ago. They were in this exact same scenario against Kansas and they weren't able to shut the door and win the game. So to me, it's the small things. You take the win, you get the hell out of Provo uh, and you go back home with the chance to win 10 games. And, you know, who knows what the hell happens? You maybe get into the Big 12 championship game. But I, I think it was a step in the right direction today in terms of how they were able to close the game. I mean, the offense got the ball with five minutes left. They were aggressive. I th- He had Nick Anderson on the, the touchdown on the one thing. I love the play call. Yeah, like, being I aggressive, throwing the ball down the field. He brought Nick Anderson, I mentioned to you after the game, he's probably not used to somebody overthrowing it. Right, and they found they found their number one running back in Gavin Suchuk. I mean, he he is their guy going forward. He was He was really good today. And then to have the trust in Jackson Arnold on third and eight, again, I think shows a lot of improvement from this coaching staff in terms of letting him throw the ball there because it was going to be a pass play and he checked into the slant because he read it. But to have the awareness to do that, I think says a lot about Jackson, but also 
Jeff Levy uh, to trust him to do that. Third straight uh, week in which Gavin Sawchuk goes over 100 yards too, and his fourth quarter yeah. touchdown run. He just carry. He's running the ball. It's night and day differently than uh, you know what we had seen when he was trying to get going at the beginning of uh, or the middle of the season when he finally got healthy. Uh, just breaking tackles. I thought the touchdown run was a uh, kind of a uh, exclamation point on his last three weeks. It was mini. It was mini beast mode. It was a little bit of uh, Marshawn Lynch there. I mean, he was not going to be denied that touchdown. By the way, do we know where uh, Deputy Commissioner Tim Weiser was? Could he possibly have poisoned uh, Danny Stutzman's food? It's a good point. Didn't think about that. I think, although I do think it happened back in Norman, so maybe he uh, infiltrated. Uh, Danny wouldn't say where he ate. But he said it was a nice pasta shop, and there's a there's a pasta shop in Norman near and dear to my heart. I'm I'm gonna think. Gosh, it was let's not besmirch any of the fine Italian restaurants in Norman. No, I know. I I, I hope it wasn't the place that I'm thinking of. <laughs> yes, that's my, that's we're my, not that's saying any names. All right, we're gonna bleep that out of the podcast. Said that he thought it was some undercooked pasta. I don't know how that happens. You but, don't get food poisoning uh, from undercooked pasta. It ha- would have to be the sauce or something like. You're not getting. Yeah. You can eat dry pasta. You're not going to get food poisoning. Sure. Also, a hat tip to Kobe McKenzie. I thought Kobe McKenzie. He came in with throw. They they basically played him the entire second half because Kip Lewis wasn't getting it done. Like that's the first he had a bad bad, bad Kip Lewis games. Jaron Canick was was not good today either when he was in there. I thought Kobe McKenzie came in and played pretty well. Well, and let's and Billy, let, let's and I, let me real quick. Tackles. Yeah. Let's real quick go back to kind of the beginning of this thing because I mean the anatomy of this game uh, that was not a good performance by the defense in the first half. I mean, I thought Dylan Gabriel threw the ball really well. Uh, The offense was playing well enough to get a lead and extend it. Uh, The defense could not get them off the field when they needed to. It was not complimentary football. It was the opposite of complimentary football that we saw today. Uh, Special teams, I mean, look, Zach Schmidt, Mr. Vigla, and by the way, I did tweet about this. No one in college is cutting kickers. Stop stop demanding that, that Zach Schmidt be cut. They don't do that. That's how I know you're not a real college football fan when you say cut him. Well, I demand he be cut. <laughs> I, they don't have to cut him, Gary, but they got to stop yelling to him. Like, he, it's, sorry, your time is over. Find somebody else. I don't know who that's going to be. Frankly, I don't care who it is. Get somebody else out there, though. Yeah, I think Brent, his uh, you know his faith in Zach Schmidt, it, it has to be over with now. I mean, he missed a twenty-eight yard field goal that you know could have ended up costing you the game, cost you a lot of momentum. Uh, but but guys, I mean, like you said, there was no no. I mean, it was nice to see Tawi Walker in there at times. I thought he you know he was a nice changeup. But Gavin Sachuk really is the reason that they won the game offensively in the second half. Uh, he carried that offense. He had over 107. He had 107 yards rushing today. Uh, when you have a backup quarterback, and, and let's face it, when they brought Jackson Arnold in, they were very slow. I mean, you know, some some conservative calls, some throws behind the line of scrimmage, uh, and he kind of eased himself into the game. But other than that first down, you know, it it. It, it ended up salting away the game, and it was a great, you know, audible for him to get into that play. Obviously, um, it just, you know, it was, it was just a what you would kind of expect from a, a true freshman that was having his first really uh, important snaps as a college football player. But and he even said after the game that he was a little bit nervous, anxious to be out there, and I think he was a little bit juiced up. I'm sure. Uh, I think you saw that in the overthrow to to Anderson, and he had, you know, on the first possession. I think he fumbled the second snap. 
The third one, he has taught if he gets that ball to Tawi Walker on the screen, I think it was a setup screen there. Tawi Walker might have scored. I mean, he he easily would have picked up the first down. So he missed on some throws. You know, it's gonna be interesting to see because if Dylan doesn't play on Friday, which I know Brent said after the game that he thinks he'll be back pretty quickly. I don't know. That's a quick six-day turnaround, especially if it's a concussion. Like, I don't know what kind of protocol they have, but to turn around that quickly would be pretty impressive. Uh, well, let's, air, let's, re- he's, you know, let's remember, he missed over a week a year ago. So this is not his yeah, first concussion. Uh, he had yeah. a full week to prepare. He didn't play against Texas. Uh, I, I would say there's probably a better than 50% chance that Jackson Arnold is the starting quarterback right now. I mean, and I think feel I think you feel a lot better about Jackson in that situation than being thrown into what he was today. Like you're going to be at home, the crowd is behind you, you know, you're going to have the whole week of getting the first team reps. Like I think Jackson if he starts on Friday will perform a lot better than he did today. I had some people text me like, "Are you worried about the way Jackson played?" I'm like, "No, he he played I thought he played really well. He people forget too on that last drive, they had gotten stuffed on first down and they ran a quarterback power. He made a huge run. I mean, broke several tackles, reached for the first and down. Of course, a that penalty. A, yeah, that was a massive that was a massive pickup for him. I mean, like he's he's a guy too and you you think back to the uh, I think it was the first play, maybe the I can't remember which one it was, but he scrambles for about thirty yards down the field and gets called back because of a block in the back by Stogner. I mean, that's the kind of versatility this guy brings. I think he's going to be. I, I don't. I don't have any worries about Jackson and the fact that he could go in there and make that type of an audible in that moment and deliver on the numbers to Farouk right at the sticks. I mean. That's that's pretty. That's more impressive than anything else he did to me, in my opinion. Well, look, it, you know, rainy day, crappy field, uh, you know, on the road, a great road environment. I just keep going back to the fact that you had so many procedure penalties early on the offensive line. You had you you executed a fake punt uh, flawlessly, and instead of just running down the field, Rodney Anderson decides to block someone, you know, ten yards. Uh, and he gets called for you know, offensive pass interference. That blows up, you know, a drive that could have gone somewhere. When you were trying to be aggressive offensively, uh, I mean, it, there's just so many things. Like you mentioned right there, the the run by Jackson Arnold. There was a it was Austin Stogner on the holding penalty. I mean, you're a fifth year senior, dude. Like, how are you allowing that to happen on the field? It's just the it, look. The road games are over. I understand, but this team, this program. I mean, I think Brent's turned the culture around. Uh, but now it's time for this team and this program to have an attitude of when we're going to play a five and five team on the road uh, and it's their biggest game of the year. We're still going to go up there and we're going to shove it down their ass like they don't have that attitude. And it starts with the penalties. It starts with the, the undisciplined play on the road where it seems like you're more and I'm not trying to make this a rant, but it seems like you're more worried about screwing up than you are being aggressive uh, and just going out there and dominating opponents like you should if you play for Oklahoma. That was a rant. Yeah, that was a rant. Um, no, I agree, Carrie. I mean, that's that, but that's part of the growth of this thing. Like, I sure, I agree I, with that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's frustrating, but I'm not I do saying think- throw everyone away. I'm just saying, look, guys, like the expectation level is more than what you're showing, and it's great that you've won nine games, and and everyone's hopes that you win ten, but realize that there's a level that you're going to have to get to going to the SEC that you're just not at as a program right now. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree I, to an extent. I just, 
I don't know. I think you just take the win and you you move on. And I think it shows some growth. And, and you're right. I mean, look, you, they're going to have to go to, you know, LSU next year, and they're going to have to go to Auburn and Auburn's getting beat twenty four to three by New Mexico State right now. Oh, well, so well they they suck. So that means oh, you'll play them close next year in uh, in Auburn. But yeah, no, you're right, Kerry. You're you're totally a hundred percent right. I just don't know. Like we're not we're clearly not going to get the answer to that if they can do that. Until next year, this is the last road game, and I think they're going to take care of business against TCU because they played really well at home all season. And then we'll see, you know, what the Big Twelve Championship looks like, and then obviously wherever they go for their bowl game. But yeah, the road has been a problem this year for this group, and like I'm still interested. Like, do they not have a silent count? Like, how do they keep false starting on offense? Like, I I don't understand. Do they not have some sort of because like the clap thing? Like, surely they're not going off the clap. I think they I are think going off the cloud. Yeah. Well, I mean, how do you do that in that kind of crowd environment? I don't know. It, it They had enough penalties today that if they would have lost this game, we're throwing a shit fit right now because of the penalties, because of the Nick Anderson pass interference, because of the Austin Stogner block in the back, because of the uh, pre-snap penalties. They were just able to get away with it today because they played a team that – uh, just not good enough to take advantage of those opportunities that Oklahoma gave them. By the way, you want to talk about how you know a stupid penalty can ruin a game? I mean, look at this Houston and Oklahoma State game. Oklahoma State had a fourth and sixteen, like at the ten, their own ten yard line. Uh, fourth and sixteen, they tackled Ollie Gordon on a short pass. Alan Bowman was playing horrifically. Uh, Ollie Gordon had not got going. He's hurt once again, um, and. They they're gonna get the ball back up what twenty four to three or twenty one to three, and they go and score. They've got Oklahoma State on the ropes. They get that personal foul penalty. Oklahoma State takes it right down the field. Now they're ahead by ten points with twelve minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I mean, stupidity kills you on the road, or you know, if you're just an even team with another team. If you yeah, just gotta get past that as a program. One, that's the one thing with Oklahoma that you're like, can they figure that out? in the offseason because the reality is they're not going that's not something that they're just getting like it that's been them all year like they're the most penalized team in the big 12 a lot of them is just dumb penalties and they've had one of those stupid taunting ones i mean jaron canick had it ethan downs was lucky he didn't have one against texas right but i mean some of the some of the penalties ou gets though are just you know pre-snap bullshit stuff that you just can't you can't do you got to eliminate those things and I thought the officiating was good today, by the way, for any of the conspiracy theorists. No, it was. It was good. Um, uh, Woody Washington got away with maybe one of the oh, more yes. blatant PIs that yes. he did. I did really have the sense watching that game at home, like the refs are trying to prove that there's not a conspiracy theory against Oklahoma. That's, I mean, OU probably could have been flagged for some things here and there. Uh, it, it, I didn't notice it all like an over like this the stuff that Oklahoma was getting called for it was fair. I mean, like the 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 Nick Anderson thing that was fair. I mean, I didn't really see the Austin Stogner replay, but you could tell by his expression like he knew he effed up. I mean, uh, so like yeah, I didn't see that today. I mean, now that I've heard about the Danny Stutzman you know food poisoning thing, I am concerned though. Yeah, I mean they they could be poisoning him, but uh, well, they would have poisoned yeah. a whole lot of people if there was uh, coordinated. Effort. What did you uh, What do you think of Jackson Arnold? I mean, I here's the thing: like on television, in the close-ups they were showing, he looked like he was enjoying being out there. Um, 
Now, yeah. internally, how he felt, I don't know. I mean, nobody really knows except for him. And I, you know, I think what I saw today was a guy that if he's taking the first team reps, and listen, listen to this. I mean, like, even if Dylan Gabriel played, he would not practice much this week. So Jackson Arnold Correct. is going to get as many snaps as they can get him, you know, put on his arm this week in practice. He's going to be ready to be the starting quarterback next week. Uh, and I think you'll see a different Jackson Arnold. And I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm on the assumption right now that he's the starter next week. I'm just until I hear otherwise, that's just what how I'm looking at this thing. Uh, but you know, the, the throw, the third down throw was big time. Uh, you know, the deep throw, he's got to get on the same page with those guys, and that's understandable that he'd overthrow Nick Anderson or was it Nick Anderson or Jaden Gibson that was wide open? Nick, Nick Anderson. It was Nick Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, uh, and that's something you know. Uh, we're going to get to, we'll, we'll do some stock up and stock down because Jaden Gibson had a whale of a day today. Uh, it was a big reason that they, you know, got out good offensively to start the game. But, you know, just overall, I think there's a lot more that we're going to see from Jackson Arnold. Uh, it was interesting because BYU was spying Dylan Gabriel the entire game. I mean, they basically had two guys that just made sure if he took off that they were going to get there. And, and for the most part, they did because Dylan's not a, you know, he's not a dynamic runner. He does, you know, he's really good, uh, but he's not going to, he's not like Vince Young. I mean, he's not, he, he's not going to shake a lot of guys once they've got him in their sights. So uh, when Jackson got out there, he didn't have to deal with that. He was able to use his legs more. It'll be interesting to see what TCU tries to do defensively against him. Um, but overall, I thought it was a it was good performance. Didn't really throw a lot of scary passes uh, that you felt like were just, oh, that's that looks like a freshman. So, I, you know, I, overall, I was encouraged. Yeah, the, the moment didn't eat him up. Uh, you know, he, he fumbled that snap. Yeah. He missed Tommy, as George said, on the uh, screenplay early in his appearance. But, um, you know, I it's very obvious that they wanted to get his legs uh, going maybe a little bit more. I know that Jeff Levy said that after the game that when Jackson, uh, you know, when he's headed down on the elevator at halftime, he was already going over some stuff that they wanted to get him more involved with the run game. And they kind of leaned on it at the end of the game in the fourth quarter specifically. So it was, uh, you know, it's kind of a cool moment for him to come in, get the win, uh, you know, pull that thing out because it was as tight as it could possibly be. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of the start of the, the Jackson Arnold era, if you will. Uh, here, you know, for the foreseeable future, uh, specifically, you know, the next couple of weeks with uh, the doubt or, you know, whatever you want to call it with uh, Dylan Gabriel's status going into next week's TCU game on a Friday. Well, and, you know, that's the thing. It's like, I, I'm sure if Dylan Gabriel's not back next week, he'll, you know, he'll start the bowl game and uh, maybe you see, you know, Jackson Arnold get some time in that because now his red shirt is blown sure. uh, because, you know, he had to play today. Uh you know, maybe they play like a USC and Caleb Williams sits out. Uh, that'd be a nice, I, you know, I'll say this. If they go out and they beat TCU, I, I hope that they get like some team that's just like decimated by early, you know, entries in the NFL and uh, pulling out of the bowl game because I just think they deserve it. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. Like, I don't think the bowl, you're not playing in a, you know, New Year's Six Bowl most likely. 
uh, unless you somehow get in the Big 12 and then win, then you're automatically in. But I thought we, had, I thought we agreed that if they won 10 games, they were going to go to an NYC. Yeah, I, I think they have a pretty good chance at making a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, I guess so. But I can't. This team I saw today doesn't deserve to play in the New Year's Six Bowl. I'm sorry. Well, I, don't, I don't think that matters. It, it, the, they're gonna get. They're just going to keep moving on up in the rankings if they just I keep know, winning and keep lose. They won. I, we we do have to take a moment and realize that they won the game because it, we we've done this podcast multiple times on the other side of it. And no, I'm know, I'm I, happy that they did this today because everyone should realize the expectations for this team are met, and this is what they were. They they were supposed to be a team that was improving from being 6-7. and seven. We didn't know if the defensive line was going to be any good. They've been solid all year. Uh, I, I mean, they haven't been spectacular. They can't they can't beat anybody by rushing four consistently. They've got to bring pressure, just like they did in the second half today against Retzlaff, because he was just tearing them apart when they rushed four. So, I mean... The secondary is really banged up right now. Not having Gentry Williams has been a bigger deal than we could have imagined. I thought Kendall Dolby had a really bad day today. Uh, yeah, you know, Kenai Walker has his moments. He he is what he is. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna make some plays for you, but he's also gonna you know bust some stuff here and there. Just I I mean, you had some missed. You've had so many missed tackles in the secondary. I mean, Dolby had a missed tackle today that ended up you know with twenty extra yards on a short pass. It's just like yeah, there's so many things that are not there yet for this team and that's where you should be i mean that's the expectations were where we are fans like this is this is what we told you was going to happen at the beginning of the season that if they won nine games which they just did if they won 10 games that was a step forward the way brett venables has been recruiting it would help him keep his recruiting classes keep these defensive linemen these young defensive linemen in the fold uh and it would allow them to continue continue to get better and move forward going into the sec so i'm not disappointed in today i don't i don't want it to come off like that I'm just I'm a little frustrated that expectations got as high as they did after the Texas game and they weren't realistic. Uh, and, and I'm here to say this is what you should have expected out of the season pending what happens to TCU. If they lose at home to TCU, then it's a disappointing year. But not not an overall oh, yeah. it's a disappointing season, but it doesn't it shouldn't disappoint you in the direction that this program is going. And I don't know why I'm oh, so animated about everything today. I'll also say, Kerry, can I Walker looked like he had a little bit of a groin situation uh, there in the fourth quarter. That's why you saw Josiah Wagner as much as you did. And uh, Macari Vickers didn't even travel today to Provo. So the like you said, the the depth situation at cornerback is not good right now. Yeah. And it showed today. Gentry is suited up, and I wonder if he'll be back next week. I mean, we keep saying that every week. Yeah. I don't they know. Need, they need him, though. Defensively, it was just, I mean, they were getting gashed. Yeah. Today. It was I, bad. You guys know, I, I was thinking about this. I think what I'm most, I think I have some hidden emotional distress because, you know, it was such a great story with Isaac and, and Dylan and Gabriel about how they were playing together. And for him to have a senior year and not have the quarterback with him, I mean, that's just to not have Dylan Gabriel be able to play his last game with Drake Steves. I mean, those guys have meant so much to this program this year. It's just, if it doesn't happen, it's a tragedy. It really is. Houston on the board. It's all of a sudden become a little bit of a ball game. Uh, one score game as Donovan Smith goes 31 yards. Uh, they have an extra point pending that would uh, cut the lead to six. So The Caleb Williams crying cam is out right now. Uh, victory formation uh, for UCLA. I have been told that they are getting their ass kicked today. 38 to 20 with 50 seconds remaining. It's over. 
Dan Mullen put it out there on Twitter earlier. Is the wrong coach in Los Angeles on the hot seat talking about <laughs> Riley? I give, I give it up to Dan, man. He is uh, he's not afraid to throw some hot takes out there a little bit. Oh, we should have known that at the Cotton Bowl when he was talking about putting the JV squad yeah, out there. Yeah. Okay, he so UH on the Thursday night, Houston kicks the extra point, six point game, thirty six thirty. How much time was there left? Uh, there's like seven, eight yeah. minutes left. There's still a lot of time. We'll see. Houston's going to need to get a stop. I don't think that they're going to be able to do that. Ollie Gordon's basically been doing whatever he wants in the second half. Yeah, he's but he's been banged up a little bit, so we'll see. They'll probably yeah. sell out against him on this next series. Uh, yeah. So we've got Texas coming up also uh, in about an hour. A little uh, probably that'll be the kickoff here. Uh, so that'll be really interesting to watch. I don't know. Did you anyone take Iowa State this week? That seven and a half? Mm-mm. Not yet. We'll see if we get out of here alive though. Uh, all right, I want to remind you guys, uh, Eskridge Lexus, the official travel partner of uh, Sooner Scoop. We did not drive. I'm not that cheap. I, I let the guys fly out there. Even let you guys have your own separate hotel room. So, uh, but uh, when we can drive somewhere, uh, we are driving in an Eskridge Lexus. Thanks to our good friends uh, at Eskridge over at EskridgeLexus.com. Uh, go check out their website. Give them a call. Uh, if you are a Scoop subscriber, they're going to take care of you. Uh, I know I've just been hearing from some people that are trying to get uh, certain types, certain models, certain colors uh, that other people say they can't get. They'll go to Eskridge and uh, tell them that, hey, they heard about us. Uh, they heard about you, Eskridge on Scoop uh, on the podcast and, and that they can help them out. Uh, they've got the new TXs out, the SUV. Uh, it is here now. Biggest SUV that Lexus has ever built. Uh, and the TX is perfect for family SUVs because uh, you can lug all your crap. Uh, your next sporting event, tailgate, road trip. Mention that you're a Sooner Scoop subscriber and Eskridge Lexus will offer you a special discount on any new or even a pre-owned vehicle. And as always, they never have those bogus extra charges like dock fees or force you to buy added accessories uh, that you really didn't want. Like who's going to put those rubber mats in a Lexus? Like what kind of a monster are you? Call or visit EskridgeLexus.com and uh, hey, help support... Uh, I think they've been there since the beginning. So uh, about, I don't know, seven, eight years now. Uh, and Eddie and I both uh, proud Eskridge Lexus drivers, owners as well. So, uh, okay, guys, um, you know, just as we look forward to the Big 12, I mean, it's all starting to play out. Oklahoma State, this one's coming down to the wire. Uh, Kansas State in, in Kansas, what time do they play? Six. Six. So they're, getting, they're just getting underway. Is that a Fox? Yeah. Is that FS1? I believe so, yes. Uh, so anyway, and by the way, uh, Bob, uh, he's recovering. His family's recovering. I know everybody's been blaming me for not letting him do any of the pods. He's just, we're trying to keep him alive. Um, so he begged out of this trip. Uh, and after we've all heard him, I actually kicked him out of the office one day. I said, get out of here. Uh, you're going to make us all sick. Uh, but uh, he'll be back soon. So he's been, he went to the basketball game last night. Uh, he, he is covering basketball. So um we'll have him back on the pods here real soon um especially probably uh next week um when we get ready for the the uh, finale uh guys you know just we mentioned it earlier Jaden gibson just another step forward for a guy and look i hate the way that every time someone has a big game it turns into the well the coaches are stupid for not playing him more uh everybody kind of comes to it at their own time and, and i mean Jaden gibson will tell you that like we talked to him early in the season 
he is a guy that is very positive behind the scenes. Uh, he's not disgruntled. He's not. It would shock me if you ever saw him in the transfer portal. I think he loves it at Oklahoma, uh, and it's it makes it even better for us that have gotten to talk to him a little bit when the fans don't ever see him and they think everybody that's not playing wants to quit or leave or transfer. He's just a he's a really positive, special guy, uh, and I, you know he's finally coming into his own a little bit. No doubt. I thought I thought that uh, he came up with a couple of really big catches. Obviously, the one in the first quarter that set up Oklahoma's first touchdown uh, was massive. And uh, the touchdown grab was really nice. Dylan Gabriel kind of scrambled and found him in the back of the end zone. It was a really nice grab uh, to get his feet in bounds, too. Uh, he's doing a lot of little things, and it seems like, you know, he's growing confidence. Even Brent mentioned it after the game that I think a lot of the times Jaden kind of gets in his own way. He has a little bit of maturity uh, steps to still be made. But at the same time, you're starting to see him come on and make big catches at big moments. And uh, I think that's only a positive moving forward. And Yeah, no, go ahead. he's a star, I think. I think he's going to be a, a superstar. I think you think about, you know, we talk about next year a little bit, you get Gibson and Anderson back. Uh, you know, Farouk, we'll see what happens. But Gibson and Anderson, you're going to have two those two guys on the outside. I mean, those are two big-time playmakers. And then you add Andrew Anthony back into the mix. Yep. Uh, now, Gavin Sachek, we talked a little bit about it, but we saw some more from him today. I mean, the, the touchdown run, you know, I, I called it kind of beast mode. Uh, but, yeah, I think sometimes with him, you get frustrated with the patience because, the you know, the, the line kind of just kind of – it 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 kind of crushes in on him, and he ends up not going anywhere. But without that patience, he's probably not breaking off some of the runs. It's a little bit like Kendall Brooks, uh, or Kennedy Brooks, uh, in terms of he's just waiting for uh, something. Oh, we almost had a pick uh, from Houston. Um, it it's it's kind of the long game with him sometimes. But I just. I really feel like he's starting to feel, and the offensive line. I mean, we got to give them a lot of credit. I know Brent in the post game. He kind of didn't he single out Caden Green or somebody singled out Caden Green pretty heavily. I believe it was Brent. It was Brent. Yeah, he's been he's been phenomenal. I mean, he's just crushing dudes. He's he's gonna be really good. I thought Jacob Sexton again played really well today. I mean, you talk about two really young guys that are again the future up front. That I mean, they're gonna be starters next year. I mean, heck, it could be left tackle, left guard. Uh, next year for him. I'm interested. I wonder if Tyler Guyton has maybe played his last game for Oklahoma. Yeah, I would say if he doesn't play next week, yeah. he's he's going to yeah. declare early. So, But I wouldn't be shocked. He does separate. I mean, if, you know, him knowing next week is probably his last game ever playing for Oklahoma at Owen Field, it would not shock me if he tries to play next week. He doesn't strike me as someone that's just like, I, you know, but he's I a, he's that, a that, team that, guy. I mean, like, he loves his teammates. Yeah. Like we've seen I mean, that from him in practice. Guy, he made trips today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would it would shock me if he didn't at least get some time in his final game on Owen Field. Yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting next week to see who goes out there for senior day, and you know, it. it I hope I hope Dylan can somehow play because he deserves to be recognized no and, and play in his final game at Owen Field yeah. on Friday. No doubt. Yeah, I would think that he if he if we would know because they'll have senior day and he'll either be dressed or he won't. Yeah, I bet even if he didn't play, he would still dress, dress out. Yeah, because go Brent's going to want to hide it, especially after today. I mean, like for Brent, that was the other thing for Brent to not say that it was a concussion makes me think it was pretty. It was a pretty serious one. 
You know, Carrie, in my video, and I put it in the instant reaction, I'm sure that we're going to talk about it much, much more here over the course of the next week. It was really weird. I thought it was an ankle injury when he went down because he does like he goes down to the ground and then he kind of pauses when he gets up. And I thought, oh, shit, he can't put weight on his foot. I think he got, you know, the cobwebs knocked a little bit. It, it, it was just a really strange thing. And then he finished the drive. I don't I don't know. I don't know when that came up too. that like, hey, we probably need to get this guy checked out. Because I don't think that they have like the the monitors and stuff like the NFL does, where a you know a doctor or whatever is like waiting to. Well, no, they have the, the sensors. They have yeah. the sensors in the helmets. So if it spikes, right. uh, they get a warning on the sideline on their computers, and it says, "Hey, gotcha. this person had a you know a, a spike of this magnitude or whatever," and so they know like if someone's head has hit the the field harder than normal. Like, they go and get him and check him out, and I'm sure once they started checking him out, they realized there's a problem here. Gotcha. It was weird. It was weird. Like, I was completely... Because I didn't see anything at halftime. I had no idea that Gabriel was even injured. And then when I look up to start the third quarter on that first series, I was like, oh, my God, what's number 10 doing in the game? Well, yeah, and I guess Plank on the on the broadcast was the friend. George, you said that you turned on the broadcast, and Plank said that you know he wasn't going to play, and Jackson Arnold was going to start the second half. Um, then it was a some type of upper body injury. I mean, Plank said it was a concussion on the. On Did he the, really? Uh, okay. Yes, I'm pretty sure. It was either him or maybe Gabe did that he was getting tested for a concussion. It was. I, I don't know if they said concussion. They said head injury. Well, I mean, I, I can to... tell you, I I did confirm it with somebody during the game. It was a concussion. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm not trying to like it. You watch the replay. I mean, yeah, like he, he hit his head. I mean, no one, no one that's watching footballs can watch that and say that's not a concussion. Yeah. So, um, outside of that, any was there any injuries today that lingered or? Kenai Walker. Kenai Walker. Uh, he. It looked like he was grabbing his groin and, you know, how those things go. That's not a good situation considering the depth. Oh, we got a fumble. Have. We got a fumble. Looks like Ollie Ooh, Gordon fumbled it. You're way ahead, Carrie. My TV ju- uh, OSU got on it. I think Gordon jumped back on oh, it. Oh, okay. Maybe I just looked up at the wrong. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he got it back on it. Lost a yard, though. They just need to Never get got the about 15 more yards in there. And Alex Hell's, uh territory it's nice to have a, be able to have a kicker that can push it to two scores hey, he missed an extra point today okay did it get blocked though uh it was a, i think it was a bad snap and i think it did it might have he might have kicked it right into the the line i gotcha i think he did i think that's what happened that's gonna do it long pass play down to about the 10 yard line uh, uh, shot owens that'll do it uh, okay, so outside of that, was there anything post game wise that was interesting? I mean, did you guys talk to Jaden Gibson in the post game? Yes, yep, I talked to him uh, just briefly. He was as good as he always is. He's always a talker, that's for sure. He talked a lot about Jackson Arnold and, and saying that you know he's worked a lot with him uh, throughout the season on the second team, and he said that he wasn't surprised, but you know him checking into that play. I think Gibson was on the field on that third and eight. So he said that it was a, it was a check or whatever. 
and I think Jackson said it too after the game. Uh, so Jackson did talk, and what what was interesting, yeah. most interesting about that discussion? He's just he's quiet, man. Like he, he he's very nonchalant. You know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, you know, were you nervous at all?" And he kind of said, "Yeah, I was," but you know, that's just. You know, I got out there and got going. And after he said the second drive is when he really settled in into it. And, you know, he was asked about checking into that play. And he goes, yeah, we practiced that all week. We were ready for them to show us that look. And once I saw it, I switched into the slants. And, uh, you know, just the way his presence talking after the game, it's just like, you wouldn't think this guy's a freshman. He's just, he just, I mean, he definitely looks like one in the face. But... He has a little bit of Fig Jam in him. Yes. <laughs> a little bit. Just a little bit. It, it's a good thing. Like a five-star quarterback, he he knows that he's really good. I think he's really confident. Uh, and, you know, he's going to have to be humbled a little bit just in terms of, uh, you know, he's going to throw some picks. He's going to have low moments that, you know, any freshman's going to have. And we're, they're going to have to be able to kind of roll with the punches in that regard. But at the same time, I think that just the confidence of coming in, not effing everything up, and being able to walk out of here with the win, it seemed like that everybody, you know, from Brent Venables on down after the game, felt really good about just being able to go on the road, playing as poorly as they did, and finding a way to win, as opposed to the opposite side of it. Uh, by the way, how was the uh, how was uh, how was George the cameraman today? I sent him with a camera. Very good, very good. I. I could have done better. I I was worried, Carrie, because post game uh, we were doing it out in the on the concourse of the stadium, and they were blaring the uh, like post game radio show for BYU. Oh yeah, and Jackson's very soft spoken. So the video on YouTube is me as close as his, to his face <laughs> as humanly possible with the camera, just trying to make sure I get the audio because he's he's just again is very soft spoken. So you can probably hear the radio in it too, but. Other than that, I think it most of the video turned out okay. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was a really cool experience. I, I really enjoyed this game. I thought the BYU crowd was really good. I thought the uh, you know the way that they keep fans like kind of just in the game was awesome. And the BYU student section, it's just I don't know how any other way to explain it than it's like all the kids that were super into youth group in high school. That it's a little bit like the Baylor line. Yeah, a little bit. There's some Baylor line um, vibes. Characteristics. It was yeah. funny because most of the game they were playing like Taylor Swift or Journey or uh, Mar they played some Marvin Gaye, Gay, uh, Ain't No Mountain High Enough, like just like old school. And then all of a sudden they played uh, Last Time That I Checked by Nipsey Hussle. And I was like, I don't think this is a part of the Mormon religion. Yeah. And didn't uh, Marie Osmond sing the national anthem today? He did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. She didn't pass out was, like she did on Dance with the Stars, did she? It was cool, and the setting's awesome. It's a it's a really neat stadium. It it was a very enjoyable experience. Did they just alternate? Was like Donnie do it next time, like every home game? That'd be awesome if that was the case. They just roll out the Osmonds. Uh, they had Dolly Parton at the Tennessee game today. I don't know if you saw that. No, I did it. That's that's even better. That's really cool. She is not afraid to let the girls play at 77 or whatever she is. Yeah. I mean, that's still, though, I mean, it's still play. like, wow. And Ollie Gordon scored, so that'll Love put her one away. Love him. Uh, by the way, those so cougar tails are ridiculous. Those are way too big. Uh, they are way too big. George got me about a quarter of one, and I uh, took it in before the game. 
very good. Yeah, it was. It's just a donut, though. It's just a maple yeah. long john. Yeah. Well, they they so they weren't available to the media. You you have to go buy one, uh-huh. which I think they were selling them, and the line was pretty $7. long. dollars, not that bad. But but the line was super long. A bunch of OU fans were in line, and so I snuck over and um, into Joe Castiglione's uh, suite, which is where we're recording right now, too. Is yeah, in we're the, in the athletic director suite, and uh, they had about I think eight of them sitting up there. <laughs> Uh, before the game, and he let me steal about half of one. Star-studded suite up here. Yes. Joe C. Joe Harris. Joe Harris. Bob Stoops. And yeah. George just walks in like he owns the place. Well, I walked in. I walked in and, and you know talked to Joe for a minute uh, and his wife for a minute, and a couple other people were in here. And then Joe Harris and Bob Stoops walked in, and I was like, I sh- probably should not be in here. I was like, I don't think this is my <laughs> time to go. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. You and, you and Joe Harris are... Uh, on speaking terms, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I I talked to Joe for just a second and asked how he was doing, but uh, and then I told Bob uh, he needs to call me this week for a story on Drake. So, yeah, you've talked oh, to all yeah. the Stoops brothers at this point, I think, except for Bob, right? Yeah. So, and how was Salt, how was Salt Lake City? It I liked it. It's Is really it BLC clean. vibes, Eddie. Uh, yeah, I could say, I could mean, say, yeah, I could see that. There's like a lot of new buildings down there, new apartments. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We, we, we drove in Carrie and the, there is, it, it's a beautiful scenery with the mountains in the background and the skyline. And Eddie goes, this is a trash place. And I was just like, what? I was like, what do you think? What do you think people say when they drive into Oklahoma City and all they see is like the Devon Tower? And I love Oklahoma City, but like, I was like, this is clearly like, you know, a cool scenery. He's like, well, that's that's the Metroplex, OKC. So, but it was, I thought it was, it's nice. The crime rate is low. Not many homeless people down there, and uh, it feels like, and I, this is probably just a, an assumption, but. It does feel like every person you meet is like is Mormon. Every person is kind of the same. Yes. Very, uh, very white. Yeah, I think it's probably the best way to say it. I think maybe God we should stop them, talking about this. I feel like we're gonna get ourselves in trouble. We're gonna get. We're gonna get the Mormons. Are they like the K-pop people? Are they just gonna come after us? Eh, probably. They don't really. I don't think more. I don't think cancel culture exists in the Mormon faith. You don't see them going after people very often. Yeah, I don't know. They they were very nice to me. Was that anyway? Great food. Uh, all right. Well, you guys uh, are uh, gonna hit it back to uh, Salt Lake City. Fly out uh, in the morning and uh, get ready for a shortened week. Uh, it's gonna be. Fast and furious as we uh, try and get everything. We are going to make an effort to try and get everything out by Wednesday this week. Uh, so you guys can, or at least, you know, we'll get everything done here and then early Thursday. Because I know there's going to be a lot of traveling. A lot of people are going to want to listen to stuff or watch the YouTube stuff as they're traveling. So we are making a heavy priority to make that uh, happen. Um, but Sooners win it 3124. Um, any final thoughts? Well, let's just go around the room and, and just get some final thoughts from both of you guys. Uh, I think it's a lot better than uh, losing. That's probably where I would start. They found a way. It wasn't the prettiest thing. It wasn't the sexiest performance in the entire world, but they walk out of here with a win, and you're one win uh, shy of getting to double digits, and we'll see how things go tonight in Ames, and then uh, next week 
see where Oklahoma, you know, ends up finishing in the Big 12, but they uh, they accomplished the mission today, and that's getting a win in Provo, which could have definitely gone the other way had it not be for a couple plays today. And I think that, you know, for, it is what it is. It's a little bit of growth, whether it be disgusting or not. They found a way to win, and you got Jackson Arnold out there today and came up with some big defensive turnovers when you really, really needed it. So uh, all in all, it was a you know a gross performance, but you do win the football game, and I, that's a far cry from where this thing was against Kansas a couple weeks ago. Yeah, no, I agree. This is a step in the right direction for Oklahoma. As ugly as it was, uh, they were able to finish it out. And uh, like I said on the instant reaction, a win is a win is a win is a win, and you take it and you get the hell out of Provo. Eddie, was it as miserable shooting today as uh, West Virginia or uh, Kansas no. State? Not even close. Okay, good. not even close. It it was, you know, the rain. It was really weird. Like it rained, but the I think the only time that it like truly opened up in the sky was during halftime, and came back out and it rained most of the second half. But it was just kind of spotty, so it wasn't the weather. It was actually a pretty pleasant day, like fifty one degrees. It wasn't cold by any means. If you bundled up, so it was uh, it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. Well, and they said this was the last year that field before it gets completely replaced. So, uh, I mean, when no, you walked out to. on it, was it just awful? Say what? I'm sorry. The field, the, the surface. They said this is the last oh. year they'd play on it, and then they're replacing the whole thing because it's terrible. Li- lived its life, but you, I mean, could you tell how bad just in shoes? How you yes. know that was a bad. Yeah, surface? yeah, it was it was terrible, and there were like you know, massive divots out of the ground. Uh, and that was like just at halftime. I, it was a, it was an awful playing surface. Are they going to turf or do you know? No, I think they're just replacing all the turf and like the grass. Cause you know how they do that. They like rip everything out and redo the gravel underneath with a drainage yeah, yeah, and yeah. all that. Yeah. It was, it's a terrible playing surface, but, and we kind of talked about that on the opponent preview that, you know, there was going to have to be some, uh, you know, you're going to have to make a good decision on what kind of cleat you wore today, and you know they were able to get out of the get out of there with a win. It was it was an awful playing surface, though. Basically, they said on the pregame that these are the longest cleats that they make, and you can do things like put washers in between the cleat and the shoe to make it a little bit longer. But that really doesn't even like the field is so bad. Even the the shoes that are designed for dealing with that can't really handle it. So, yeah, it was. But it was like I really said, bad. it was a mess. It was a win. They're out, going for ten and two next week. TCU coming to town. Uh, we're gonna have lots to talk about. We'll uh, know a lot more when we meet again on Monday about the shape of. And Oklahoma State just got an interception, so this game is over. Uh, we'll know a lot more about the shape of the uh, Big Twelve championship game uh, and who is where. Uh, and it's gonna be an interesting week. So. Guys, thanks so much. We will uh, let you get back to Salt Lake City and catch that plane back. Uh, Be safe in the travels, and we'll talk to you guys again uh, back here on Monday in the studios. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another edition of the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast. Our final edition of the regular season comes next week. We'll all be in studio. Uh, Look forward to uh, talking to you then. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week right here on the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast from Soonerscoop.com.